turkeys this morning. We have the cantata next week. Please come early because the parents of the uh, preschool will obviously be here also to listen to their kids. It is a beautiful program, but the seats are going to be short of in demand. So come early and if possible, share a bulletin so that we don't have to print so many bulletins. That would be nice. Okay, poinsettias. Those of you that want to buy a poinsettia to add to the collection here, take home, uh, the forms are right at the table in the narthex, right where your sign-in sheet for your name tags are. So be sure to do that. I think the uh, deadline is next week. So if you're thinking about a poinsettia, get it now. Um, there will be a quick change this morning and also uh, probably Christmas Eve and Christmas. I will not precess. Lighting of the Advent candles with the assisting minister and all gets a little confusing. So this morning I will start right up here at the altar. Okay. And we would like to, to add to the prayer list Marshall Jones. So if you kind of remember that in your, in your prayers during the week. Okay, that being said, let our hearts and minds prepare for worship. Trinity, one God, who alone does wonders, who shifts, lifts the lowly, who fills the hungry with good things. As we reflect on the foundation of our faith and in our lives, we gather together around the candle of joy. For those that are keeping track, the first one was peace. Second one, no, first one was hope, hope, peace, and now joy, and the last one will be love. So we gather around the candle of joy, the home we long for, the home that knows joy, a joy that comforts us even in our grief. Joy between us and our self-criticism. Joy amidst our relationships. Joy at the core of our being. 
joy covering through and in our world. The home we long for is a home that knows joy. So today, we light the candle of joy. As a reminder and as a prayer, mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people. Turn us from our sins to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sins, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Let us confess our sins in the presence of God and of one another. Merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ has given to us to die for us, and for his sake forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, in peace, let us pray to the Lord. for the peace throughout the world, for the Trinity of all. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. For your people here who have come to give you praise for the strength to live our lives, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Help, save, and defend us, gracious Lord. together. from Isaiah chapter 35. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. 
strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of fearful heart, be strong, do not fear, here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For water shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp. The grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there, and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come up on it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. The word of the Lord. A reading from the Psalms, number 146. Happy are they who have the God of Jacob for their help whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the seas and all that is in them, who keeps promises forever, who gives justice to those who are oppressed and food to those who hunger. The Lord sets the captive free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord cares for the stranger. The Lord sustains the orphan and widow, but frustrates the way of the wicked. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, throughout all generations. Alleluia. The second reading is from James chapter 5. Be patient, therefore, beloved, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious crop from the earth, being patient with it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. Beloved, do not grumble against one another so that you may not be judged. See, the judge is standing at the doors. As an example of suffering and patience, beloved, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. The word of the Lord. According to Matthew, chapter 11. 
Glory to you, Lord. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent words by his disciples and asked him, Are you the one who is to come? Or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised, the poor have the good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. Why did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in holy places. But what then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes. I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is the one about whom it is written. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. Truly I tell you, among those born of women, no one has raised greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least of the kingdom is heaven in heaven is greater than he. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord. Yet the least in heaven is greater than he. That is a confusing statement. But we must remember that John the Baptist is not of the Messianic age. He was born and started his ministry before Christ. After his Jesus, after his baptism and 40 days trial, began the Messianic age, the age of the Messiah. Jesus' Jesus's reply to John's disciples Quite refer them to his work, not an assertion of his identity. Jesus wants them to report back what they hear and see. The list of activities that make up Jesus' ministry echo the miraculous hearing itemized in Isaiah. Although Isaiah's texts are not expressively linked to the Messiah, they do indicate the day of the Lord will come. By initiating these deeds, Jesus enters a new era, the messianic age, that will bring forth the day of the Lord. Along with his healing activities, Jesus asks, adds another dimension of his ministry, 
the poor shall have good news brought to them. In Jesus' school of messiahship, reaching out to the blind, the margins, and those outside the accepted boundaries of society, the poor, the blind, the lepers, and the outcasts, was a telling indication of the Messiah's arrival. The more we move into the Advent season, the more our scripture text brings the Christ child's birth closer and closer to us. Yet here in Matthews, we are back to the relationship between Jesus and John the Baptist. Yet even though this is not part of our text for this week, the mere mention of John's name should remind us of their cousinly kinship, even of the in utero jump that John took place when Jesus, when Mary arrived. Cousin John is the first person to celebrate Advent. Advent is not a time like any other time. Advent is not a what time is it time. Advent is a is it time yet time. Advent is a God breaking into, God breaking apart our concept of time. Advent is where God belongs beyond the time that plods along to the time that manifests in the mystery of God among us. In other words, God is inviting us at this time of year to live adventual, not eventually. What we have brought thought of Advent less than a noun and more as a verb or as even an adverb at times. What if Advent described not so much a specific time on the calendar, but rather a way of life, a lifestyle sought, a mindset followed? What if Advent was not so much something we celebrated as much as something we did, something we lived. Radio Shack once coined as its Christmas buying spree the theme, don't just buy stuff, do stuff. What do you know? That rings true, partially. Even among those for whom Christmas is a business, not a busyness, there is a recognition that this season is about something more than whipping out the magic card. That's the credit card for you uninitiated. And get it over with, Advent is something we should do daily, not something we observe on the calendar. We are called by Jesus to see and hear the messianic message that reveals that God is among us. This is why the cries of put Christ back in Christmas are really faulty notes, seemingly to imply that the human factor can never be taken out of Christmas. The truth is, 
every human activity, every interaction is laden with adventurous possibilities. Christ, who healed the physically and morally challenged, is not missing from our shopping malls or traffic jams or busy supermarkets. Christ, who preached the good news to the poor and healed the most malign people of his day, is certainly able to be with us at those awful holiday Christmas parties. We struggle between giving gifts and restrictions of our budgets. Every one of you have this morning can advent your way forward with Christ-powered strokes through the sludge and the slime that threatens to clog the way to the side of Christ. John the Baptist knew what it was that Christ was doing, what actually and effectually changes were taking place in people's lives, not the military victories like they were expected, but moral and social breakthroughs that revealed that the new messianic age, the world would see shaking transformations made possible only by God's adventure in presence. So let's start talking the language of Advent. Instead of, how's your Advent going? What about, how are you Adventing? What if we signed our Christmas cards? Adventually yours. Or what if we tried to live an adventurous life today? If Jesus can raise from the dead, we can at least raise from our pews and do something like live adventuring lives. Here's a couple of ideas. First, to live an adventuring surely is to live with a sense of purpose and paradox. Second, to live adventurally is to live with a sense of adventure. Third, to live adventurally is to live with a sense of expectation. And finally, to live eventually is to live with a sense of the moment of magic. First, to live eventually is to live with a sense of paradox. <clears throat> to live paradoxically means, for example, to live remembering that you and I, in the eyes of God, are both a saint and a sinner. You and I are messy, mixed up, morally ambiguous creatures, and yet God wants to have a relationship with you and me, as messy and as mixed up and as morally ambiguous as we are. Second, to live eventually is to live with a sense of adventure. The most exciting adventure life one can live is as a follower of Jesus. Did Jesus come and say, Follow me, and I will lead you to a safety-first, risk-free, comfortable life? No. Jesus said, follow me, 
and I will give you the greatest adventure anyone could imagine. In fact, in Romans 16, St. Paul has what my friend Bob Dale calls a risk-taker's hall of fame. These were people on which helped John, or excuse me, helped Paul's ministry, and for whom he gives thanks to God for that adventure. When you get a chance today, read chapter 16 and see how much of a part these people played. There's a lot of names you might remember, Mary, Priscilla, and a few of the others. When you get a chance, read Romans 16. We don't have time this morning for all 21 people or household that are listed in that chapter. Third, to live eventually is to live with a sense of expectation, especially for the unexpected. Do you expect to be unexpected? Do you mean the Messiah is to be found in a feeding trough? You know that the Savior of the world was given the most common name in Jewish language, Jesus. Did you know that the symbol of Judgment Day, which each one of our lives will be weighed, is not a plus and a minus scale, but a cross? You mean that I can, remember, I can discover the gifts of Christmas not by just opening presents under the tree, but by giving to the local food bank or providing for a child in need from the local giving tree or joining Kiva or Heifer International or by adopting a child from one of the international child care agencies or by putting my family on a recycle regimen or by planting a seed that will sprout adventurous roots of a new Christian or by getting a pound puppy instead of a designer dog or by sending water filters to countries suffering from drought and famine or by embracing the generations that make us most uncomfortable and I know we all have them or by baking cookies for all and any who show up, and by loving our enemies. Who was it that said, you can measure your love of God by measuring how much you love and care for your worst enemy? That's how much you love God. Finally, living eventually is to live with a sense of what I call magic of the moment. Celebrate the magic moments that surprise you, the moments of surprising color and joy. God's magic is all around us in the world that he made. Now I'm going to ask you to think about someone who has been part of your adventing journey in the past, who has helped teach you to live adventing lives, even though they don't know it, but who are missing at this Christmas time and the Christmas table this year. Give thanks to God 
for the gift that the person gave you by saying in your prayers today, I thank God for the adventing presence of in my life. Amen. about everybody in here, but I needed to hear that message this morning, so thank you. Um, the song that we're going to sing for you is called Make Room. Um, I'd like to credit our very own Leslie for finding this one, and this is the theme for our cantata. Um, just like Pastor Merrill just preached, um, don't buy something, do something. So make room, just make room in your hearts, make room for your family, make room for a stranger do something. So listen to these words because they're pretty nice. Oh. 
Let us confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As we prepare for the fullness of Christ's presence, let us pray for a world that yearns for new hope. Gracious God, we rejoice in the gifts of your spirit. Equip the global church to magnify your love and peace in every land. We pray for the work of the Lutheran World Federation and the ELCA Global Mission. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Abundant God, we rejoice in your creation. Revive lands we have squandered and depleted. Make gardens flourish in cities and neighborhoods. Cleanse polluted air and water so living things may breathe, drink, and praise you. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Righteous God, we rejoice in your justice. End racism and oppression. Deliver all who are unjustly imprisoned or persecuted. Reconcile nations and peoples in conflict. Help us pray for our enemies. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Healing God, we rejoice in your compassion. Comfort any in distress because of weary, illness, or loss, especially Susan Bayman, Gay Green, Alberta Holden, Paul Letts, Mary Lou Schofield, Lisa Strong, Ron Wagner, Leo Schusler, Kathy Lear, John Daly, Nancy McKean, Nancy Thompson, Haley Brailsford, Carolyn Posakis, Sue Dixon, Marshall Jones, and those we name in our hearts and aloud. Strengthen and protect healthcare workers, rescue teams, crisis counselors, and all who risk themselves to keep others safe. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Abiding God, we rejoice in your company. Give us calm and patient hearts as we gather with family and friends. Keep us mindful of those for whom this season is not happy. Console the grieving and surround them with loving support. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Faithful God, we rejoice with Mary, mother of our Lord, and with all the saints, that your mercy endures for all generations. Look with favor on those who have died 
and lead us to joyfully sing of your everlasting promises. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of our longing, you know our deepest needs. By your spirit, gather our prayers and join them with the prayers of all your children. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Be with you always. And also with you. Let us share the peace with one another. Peace be long. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. But let's give thanks to the Lord, our God. It is indeed right and our duty and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise. We praise your name and join the unending hymn. mystery of your glory. You so loved the world that you gave your only Son, so that everyone who believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. We give you thanks for his coming into this world to fulfill us with your will and accomplish all things in our salvation. On the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord took bread, broke it, and gave it to them to eat, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup, gave a blessing, gave it to all to drink, saying, This cup is the new blood in my a new this cup is a new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins do this in remembrance of me remembering his communion command to live with for one another his life and his death his resurrection and his ascension we pray for his coming again as we cry, Christ is died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Lord, teach us to pray, our Father, who art in heaven. 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Take and see, the Lord is good.
Now may the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep him, keep you in his grace. Amen. Faithful God, in this meal you have remembered your mercy, bringing heaven to earth in the body and blood of Christ. As we wait for the day when all your promises will be fulfilled, sustain us and strengthen us by this holy mystery. Guide us toward your promised future, coming to birth in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever.
Christmas I 